Uh, so, so really quickly before we, uh, we jump into our, our text this morning, it's, you guys don't know this, the vast majority of you do not know this, uh, but uh, Bobby and his uh, wife Meg, their kiddos, were a part of planting what was Renaissance Bible Church some 12, uh, 13 years ago. About 12 years ago, uh, Bobby was uh, preaching a message to our church at the time. We were in Highland Creek Elementary, and he was uh, talking about the, the beauty of community and the community that God has created and made. And he was calling us to be a part of that uh, community. Here at Christ Point, we, we believe that one of the ways that we point people to Jesus is through authentic community. Um, I don't know if he remembers it or not, but when he was giving that message, he was talking about how a community is like a puzzle, and we, each of us, are a puzzle piece in that puzzle. And that puzzle piece, in and of itself, all by itself, oftentimes doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you put that puzzle uh, together, you see this, this beautiful thing that God has created. And he, as he was uh, leading worship with the team this morning, I kept on thinking, I think that's probably true of life, too, that uh, God has given each and every one of us a story. And, and people that come into our lives and become a part of our story um, are, are like a little puzzle piece. And so as I was uh, sitting there in the, in the front this morning worshiping along with you, I just, I was thankful to God that you're, you're part of my little puzzle, that you're part uh, of, my, of my story. And so I want you to know I give thanks to God for, for you and for your family, for your willingness to be with us this morning. So uh, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to jump in. God, thanks so much for uh, your grace and for your goodness to us. Uh, we as a people have uh, so much to be thankful for. And so we, uh, we pause this morning and we give you thanks. Uh, God, we love you. You have been so gracious and kind to us as a church and as a people. And so we thank you. Every uh, good and perfect gift is from you. It's from above. And so this morning we, we recognize that. And uh, from uh, the bottom of our hearts, Lord, we, we give you thanks. God, we love you. We thank you so much that you loved us first. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Uh, if, if you uh, remember what it was like when you were a little kid at Christmas or maybe on your birthday, uh, you probably have had the experience where your mom or your dad or a loved one put a present in front of you, and uh, you were excited to receive the present, and you opened uh, the present, and you loved the present. You were passionate about the present. You can't believe that someone gave you a present, and, and you want so desperately to run off and play with said present, uh, but instead you look up at your mom or your dad, and they, they ask you that question, which really is no question at all. They ask you, what do you say? What do you say? Uh, they want you to know that what you felt in that moment, the excitement and the joy that you felt, they want you to put words to it and express it. They want you to kind of complete the loop of gratitude and actually say what you feel. Uh, this morning, I want us to close the loop of gratitude. And as a, as a church family, I want us to say what oftentimes we feel. I want us to say and give thanks this morning. But first, I want us to look at a passage uh, from Luke chapter 17. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn with me there. Luke chapter 17. I was joking earlier this week with Jody. I said we're going to look at a familiar Thanksgiving Day passage on Sunday. Uh, it's the story of the ten lepers from Luke 17. And uh, she's like, you know, James, it's funny that you say that because our preschool students are actually uh, studying that story this morning. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Luke chapter 17, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, passage will be on the screen. It says, On the way to Jerusalem, 
Uh, he, Jesus, was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You have to understand, if you were a leper in that day and age, uh, you were an outcast. You were on the outside of society uh, looking in. You could not uh, experience the warmth or the touch of a family a uh, uh, family member or a friend or someone that you love. People looked at you from a distance. And uh, the Old Testament law actually said that people had to stand or outside of six feet of even their family members if they had leprosy. Uh, in, the, in the Old Testament or in the Jewish law, some people even suggested that when the wind was blowing, uh, you should be 150 feet away from an individual because they were so deathly afraid uh, that they would catch what you had. And so imagine what it would be like for a moment if that were you. You were on the outside of society looking in. Right? You so desperately wanted to be part of a community, uh, but you couldn't because of this disease that you had. Well, this story uh, tells us that there were ten lepers one day that see Jesus and they lift up their voices to him and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, Jesus didn't say, you're healed, I want you to go. He didn't go over and touch them and say, you're healed, I want you to go. He, he could have done both of those. Instead, he said, I want you to go to the priest and show yourself. Um, oftentimes, if someone had leprosy and it was thought that they were healed, they would go to the priest, and the priest essentially would give them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. They would say, you're healed, and then eight days later, they were welcomed back into society. But the thought was, if you went to the priest to show yourself to the priest, it was because you were healed. So I think Jesus is looking at these ten lepers and saying to them, I want you to go show yourself to the priest because uh, you will be healed. I'm going to do something miraculous. And so the text says in verse 15, and then one of them, when he saw, or right before that, I'm sorry, in verse 14, it says, when he saw them, he said to them, go your, show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. And so Jesus heals them. Verse 15 says, then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Uh, when Scripture says that he uh, raised his voice or when he praised God with a loud voice, it's that same uh, word where we get megaphone. It's like this idea of he, he raised in a mega-loud voice. His voice to God, praising God and giving thanks to Jesus. Verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Uh, your faith has made you well. So ten lepers are healed that day, but only one of them on his way to the temple stops and goes, uh, wait a second, <laughs> I probably should circle back and have a conversation with this man Jesus uh, to say thanks for the work uh, that he has done. I just want us to notice a couple things in this passage. I want to encourage us to do one thing, and, uh, and we're going to apply this before we leave this morning. 
Okay, so two observations. I'm going to call us to do one thing, and then I'm going to give us an opportunity to actually apply this. Uh, Notice that there is an inseparable connection between worship and gratitude. There's an inseparable connection uh, between worship and gratitude. Do you notice how this man, this one man, responds uh, to the work of Jesus? It says, when one of them saw that he was healed, he turned back and he praised God with a loud voice. And then he bowed down at the feet of Jesus and he gave thanks for what he had done. Uh, Listen, in in the Christian life, if we are worshipers of the God who knows us and made us and loves us, uh, we will be a people of gratitude. We will flow with thanksgiving. We'll see the work that God has done in us and through us, and we will give thanks. This is one of the reasons that the psalmist writes in Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Uh, No one, no one on the planet should be more thankful than followers of Jesus. Because we have seen and experienced the grace of God in our hearts and in our lives. We have been touched. We've been healed. We, by faith, have entered into a relationship with him. And when we know that and we feel it, we can't help but express it. So we give thanks uh, to God for the work that he has done. There is an inseparable connection uh, between worship and and gratitude. Think about it. When your affection for someone grows in life, oftentimes your gratitude grows along with it. Did you ever notice this? If there's something or someone that you love and your affection for them grows in your heart, oftentimes it is coupled with gratitude. I remember as my grandfather got older, one of the things that we would do as a family uh, at Thanksgiving is we'd sit around the table, we'd light a little candle, and then we'd have to pass the candle around the table, and everyone shared something that they were thankful for. Uh, As you can imagine, when you're kids, you're, you're playing with the wax, you're turning over the candle, you're trying not to start a fire, you're kind of like, I'm thankful for whatever, and you just say something to kind of get it over with. But I was struck when I was a little boy uh, growing up because my grandfather, as he got older, uh, seemed to grow in gratitude, and it was expressed in that moment. Because it seems like every time the candle made its way around the table and stopped at my grandfather, he would well up with tears. And he would say, God has been so good to me. And he just would begin to recite all of the things that he was thankful for. I believe that his worship and praise and affection for the Lord grew as he he got older and his gratitude flowed out of that. There is an inseparable connection between worship and thanksgiving, between worship and gratitude. Secondly, the thing that I notice is that it is possible to experience the work of God without giving thanks to God. It's possible to experience the work of God without giving thanks to God. This happens all of the time. Right? It happened for the nine in this story who experienced the healing of Jesus in a very practical, intangible way. He literally changed the course of their lives in that moment. And yet, instead of turning back and giving thanks to Jesus, they ran off. I assume that they were grateful. Like, I assume that they realized on some level that their lives uh, were going to be changed. 
but, but they didn't turn back and give glory to God and thanks to Jesus. How many times in life do we experience God's grace and his goodness and his gifts and do not give thanks? I don't know why we do that. Sometimes maybe we're caught up in the moment and we simply forget. Right? Sometimes we're, we're busy enjoying the present in, instead of the one who gave it. But I think sometimes in life, one of the reasons that we don't give thanks is because we can struggle with this mindset or this sense that we are entitled. We are entitled uh, to receive what we have. Uh, to be entitled is having a right to certain benefits or privileges. And so we, we functionally act and respond in a sort of way that we deserve what we get. But of, of course someone is going to daily make meals for me. <laughs> I married them. It's part of the package. You're supposed to do that. Of, of course. Like, of course he's supposed to take out the trash and mow the lawn. Of, of course he's supposed to fix up around the house. It's, it's, it's his job. He's supposed to do that. Of course my parents are supposed to function like a human ATM machine and give me cash and money when I want to do things. They, they had to me. It wasn't my fault. I didn't ask to be born. They are here on planet Earth uh, to care for me and to love me. Their world should revolve around me. Right? That's their job. Of, of course we operate with this mindset that we are entitled, but Scripture uh, teaches us just the opposite. It teaches us that everything that we have is a gift from God. Everything that we have, we've received from the God uh, who made us. We don't deserve, we don't deserve any of it. And yet, God in his grace and in his goodness has bestowed it upon us. Listen, it is very possible in life to experience the gifts of God uh, without giving thanks to the giver. And so this morning, uh, I want us uh, to give thanks to the giver of all good gifts. You see, I think thankfulness is not something uh, that God simply wants us to feel. He does. He wants our hearts to be full of gratitude. But I think God also wants us to put words to what we feel. Right? There's something about this one who came back, this one Samaritan who came back and expressed on the outside what he felt on the inside. I think God, when he moves and acts in our hearts and in our lives, when we experience his grace and his goodness, I think he wants us to give thanks to him for the good work that he has done. And I think he wants us to give thanks to one another. Think about the impact that it would have on our relationships if we operated in this sort of way. Imagine what it would be like as a teenager for, for God to, to open your eyes and to operate in such a way when, when you experience the goodness of mom or dad, you simply stop and say, thank you. Like, thank, thank you. Thank you for the sacrifices you're making. Thank you for what you're, you're pouring into my heart. Thank you for the investment that you are making into me. Think about how life-giving that would be for a mother or a father to hear those words. Teenagers, listen. If you're listening and you want to get in good with mom or dad, and say thanks. Just say, say thank you. Thank you for what you have done and what you are doing. Husbands, listen. 
I think it would serve uh, you and us, me, uh, well if we opened our eyes and simply noticed more often uh, the, the, the goodness and the grace that our spouse extends to us on a daily basis. And not just to feel it on the inside, but to express it on the outside. To simply say, thank you. Thank you for the work that you've done around this place. Thank you for moving into our home and creating a space that is warm and loving for our family. Thank you. Wives, I think it would serve you well if you were intentional about coming alongside of your husbands and say, listen, I don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes, but I know you work hard, and I know that you do your best to provide, and I know that you care for this family deeply. And I just want to say thank you. Be like the one man who was healed by a Jesus who turned around and went back and simply said thanks. I think there's a great way that we can do this as a church. We recognize that all good gifts are from God, and so we simply say, God, thank you for, and then fill in the blank.